Turn to the book of Luke, chapter 9. Luke, chapter 9 is going to be our main <coughs> verse we're going to read from. And uh, let's see, Gabe is going to read Luke 9, 1 through 6. And. Uh, <coughs> Daniel, we read Jeremiah 29, 13. So, old saying, it says, never take a knife to a gunfight. Right? So, in other words, if you are underarmed, if you're overmatched, then that would not end uh, well for you. So, make sure you have appropriate weapons and, and uh, power if you're going to fight. Ministry is a fight. And this is true in discipleship and ministry. The, the text we're going to read is, is ascending scripture. And it follows a pattern of the five sending scriptures. And that is, every time Jesus sends disciples, he uh, it, it connects it to supernatural ministry. In other words, you need appropriate weapons if you're going to fight in uh, ministry. So we're going to read in Luke 9, 1 through 6. I'm going to minister about supernatural ministry. One day Jesus called his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Take nothing for your journey, he instructed them. Don't take a walking stick, a traveler's bag, food, money, or even a change of clothes. Wherever you go, stay in the same house until you leave town. And if a town refuses to welcome you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. So the ministry, let's talk in, uh, first of all about natural ministry. We're talking about doing God's work. We can make a mistake uh, about ministry and make it be about natural things or things in our control, things that we can do. We can make that knowledge. If I know certain things, uh, therefore I'll be a, a success. That was kind of the idea of seminaries and Bible schools, is if you know certain things, you'll be equipped for ministry. That's true for us. We don't have Bible schools, but um, uh, I'm, I'm big on teaching. But there are guys that you can make a mistake if I know the Bible, if I know how to preach, if I know how to plan, is going to be a success. So that's, that's in your control. What you learn, you control. Tools. We use tools. Advertising of uh, all different kinds. Music of all different kinds. Um, you know, I, I, I'm amused these days when we send guys out and they send me pictures of their building and they have two video screens, one on either side, just like Preston, right? And I just, I laugh. How did the Apostle Paul ever get by with like this? I don't know. Uh, I'm not against it, but, but uh, if you, the issue is what you trust in. What do you think is going to help you? I, I had a man years ago ask me, he was struggling in ministry, and, and uh, I was telling about God helping us in various places, and he asked the question, when you got a breakthrough and, and uh, 
you know, God began to help you and people got saved and you started having revival, he said, what color flyers were you using? And that was a, a literal, he was serious as a heart attack, as though the color makes a difference, like a sinner. I was going to get saved. What were you thinking? Orange. There's no way I would come for orange. So uh, these are mistakes. In verse 3, Jesus gives instructions, and the instructions are, take nothing for your journey. Very interesting here. And of course, there's a financial which we'll, uh, we'll, we'll touch on. Take nothing for your journey. Jesus is not against knowledge. He's not against planning. He's not against provisions. He's not against tools. But he's, it is a matter of what you trust in. He's saying those things will not be enough. You have the best. You can have the best video screens, the finest music. When I, when I pioneered, I was learning how to play guitar. And it was painful. So song services were very short. Because I was like, where he is? Wait a minute. <laughs> and then the string would break. It didn't matter. We're having powerful conversions in, in that. So Jesus, take nothing for your journey. What is it that is going to help you? Are those things, are, is that what you're going to trust in? He didn't want them to go loaded down with provisions going, we got this in the bag. Don't put anything in your sack. That's what he's saying there. So it's a matter of being honest about what we face. This is what Jesus says in this sending scripture. Jesus is honest. Cast out demons. You're going to face demon powers. If no one receives you, you're going to face resistant people. They won't want what you have. And you're going to face lack of supply. It's expensive here. Pastor, it costs a lot of housing or buildings. There are a lot of... So Jesus is honest. He's not trying to sell anybody on a fantasy of what ministry is, is like. Ministry is all about things that we cannot do. And you need to understand that every level of ministry, people ask, how do you get people saved and genuinely converted? A miracle. Yeah. You can't make people get saved. I've tried. I've tried guilt, pressure, headlocks. I've, I've tried a lot of things. And, and you can't make people get saved. You cannot make people truly repent of their sin. You can't make people come back and lock into church. You can't make people change. You can't make them obey. You can't make people give money. And you can't make people surrender to the will of God. All of those you have to have. You better get people saved, repenting, changing, locking in, surrendering to the call of God, giving money. Those are the things you need. But Jesus is saying you can't do it. And if you are trusting in natural means I'm telling you you will be frustrated and all that I've seen men through the years they are blitzed because they said I did the program I I knew some things I planned well I did and it's not working because ministry is not natural it's not what you control let's talk secondly about supernatural ministry notice in the text where Jesus begins Okay, they're going to need money. That comes later on. But where does he start? It is supernatural. He begins with a supernatural impartation and a supernatural challenge. Verse 
one, he gave them power and authority. That is where ministry begins. In other words, he is imparting to them a miracle dimension because ministry is a miracle. Why would someone who has lived their entire life, has planned their entire life, why would they change their entire life? Think about how insane. When I went out, I looked like I was 12. I was 21, but I looked like I was 12. I had people, they owned houses. They, they were together. I had others that they were, they were biker chicks. They, they, you know, I don't even know, I, I didn't want to know what they've been doing. And they changed and, and ordered their life. Why would you do that? A miracle. That's why Jesus begins with a miracle dimension. He gives them something supernatural. And I want you to notice this. It has to be inside you. Verse 1, he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Gentlemen, you can't give what you don't have. Peter, at the gate beautiful in, in uh, uh, the book of Acts, in chapter 3, Hey, can I have some money? The man who can't walk, can I have some money? Silver and gold, do I, I have none. I don't have money to give you. But I do have something. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You can't give what you don't have. And Jesus starts and says, you must have a supernatural dimension. In our text, he mentions four supernatural elements. You have to be able to cast out demons heal the sick, you're going to need miracle money to supply what you need, and then he talks about preaching. So something has to happen beyond words. When you speak, there better be miracles happening between your mouth and their heart. And, and if you have ever witnessed to anybody, I, I, I tell the story, uh, you know, I went to technical college as part of my job one day a week, and this kid asked me for a ride home, and I said, oh, yes, you can have a ride. You are mine, baby. <laughs> got in. Didn't have power locks in those days. I was out the door. But I got in and drove slowly, and I gave him every, I gave him heaven, hell, love, the rat. I gave it all. And he just looked at me, and he said, I was American. He was an Aussie. He looked at me, and he said, Yank, Yankee. He goes, I can't relate to a single word you said. I said words. And apparently it just hit the floorboards. Right. Didn't touch his heart. That's what a miracle. Yes. You have to cast out demons. You have to be able to to heal the sick. You have to be able to get miracle money, and you have to have miracle anointing or effectiveness on your words. I want you to notice this. This is a discipleship issue. Jesus didn't let them get out and become pastors and then go. Oh, by the way. He said, you better work this out now. That's what he's doing. He sent him out on a test mission. You better work this out now. The supernatural dimension is a predictor of your future. If there is nothing in you supernatural now, probably the odds are likely that you won't have it later on either. So this is why... I have men, that they come and they say, I want to preach, I want to preach, I want to preach. And my question to them is, where in your life is there a supernatural dimension? What Jesus was doing is he says, 
There, there's evidence. It's, it's not, I feel him. He's here. Well, how do we know? Very simple. Can you cast out a demon? Can you heal the sick? When your words are spoken and witnessing or preaching, does something happen? And is there miracle money? Breakthroughs? Financially? If there's not, ministry is going to be painful for you. Because you are going to go with the flyers, the advertising, the planning, the knowledge, and you're going to get your butt kicked. You know, I, I see men, there's like the seven sons of Seba, they try to go and, <laughs> in the name of Jesus that Pastor Greg talks about. And the demons kick their butts because they don't have anything. This is why in discipleship you have. However, if you have something supernatural at work in ministry now, it's very likely that you'll have that in a larger measure. This is uh, what happens when they go into ministry. I, I Over and over again, I, I say this, is miracles are transferable. David said, I fought a lion, I fought a bear. I think I can fight a giant. That's true. You don't have to have the whole package. You don't need all nine gifts of the Spirit, plus, uh, you know, casting out demons, miracle money. You, gotta, you don't have to have the whole package, but there better be something. If you have one thing, you can build. So, uh, right now, okay, I, I, I got a miracle breakthrough financially. We've always struggled with poverty, and we got a breakthrough, and that changed. That's encouraging. Okay, that tells me then you probably could cast out a demon too, even if you've never done it. That tells me then if you could get, uh, if you could pray for the sick and get somebody healed, then that means you probably could witness or preach and get somebody saved. Because it, it's all a miracle. God doesn't look, there aren't sizes of miracles. God doesn't look like, wow, that's fruitfulness. Getting somebody saved, man, that's a big one. I can handle jobs, no problem. It's, it all is a miracle. That's why he talks about four different dimensions. And this is what you need at work now, supernatural ministry. Let's talk finally about getting the supernatural. So the key is, if you don't have it, you better get it. That, that's the, the, the crucial thing. Everything that, that God wants to give you in life, it begins with faith. You have to believe God. For the supernatural. Verse 1, he gave them power and authority. That is true for every believer. That verse, he gives his disciple, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Then he gives you power and authority. That's true for every single believer, but you have to believe that for yourself. Anything supernatural is based on God's word. I tell stories to inspire you, but it has to make you go to God's Word. Because like the seven sons of Ziba, you can't go, Pastor Greg says it works. It's not, you have to believe it. I believe it, but that's not good enough for you. You have to believe it, and it has to be based on God's Word. Every one of those four elements casting out demons. Do you know where God says you can cast out demons? That has to be connected to God's Word. Healing. Do you know where God says you can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover? Miracle money. Can you find in God's word promises of supernatural supply and effectiveness in words? Can Do you know what God's word says? Because that is 
My life changed when I went to the Word of God. I needed miracle power. I needed fruitfulness. We needed money. We need. So I went to God's Word. Faith was birthed. You got to believe that for yourself. Secondly, you need to ask. If you don't, Jesus gives these four elements. He was wanting them to identify. Do you have this? If you don't ask, please do not live life without the, the supernatural. Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. <clears throat> okay, so you can find God. Okay, he, he, part of this, why doesn't God just give it like, you know, in a vending machine? Why don't we have a miracle vending machine in the foyer when you come in? Because God wants you to value it. I wanted it. I'm, I was crying out to God, and because it didn't come initially, because there's a lot of people like, wouldn't that be cool to have that at work? That's not enough. That's why Jesus spoke in parables. He said, because I don't want people to stumble across truth. I want you to love it. I want you to want it. I want you to hunger for it. If you hunger for God, you'll find him. If you hunger for God's miracle power, then you'll find it. The book of Acts... The, the power of the Holy Spirit, the church was birthed in a prayer meeting seeking the promise of the Father, right? God promised something, and they spent 10 days seeking it. And therefore, the Holy Spirit fell. And then you got to contend for this. you gotta, you got to fight. When I began to pray for the sick, I was fighting. When I took over the church and no one was getting saved, I'm fighting for it absolutely not this is from hell if we're not experiencing it the devil is fighting it we're going to fight him but i'm not going to live without fruitfulness i'm not going to live without miracle power but you got to do that for yourself i can't do that for you and then thirdly you have to obey god in the supernatural here in this scripture he is telling them what he wanted them to do and verse six they departed went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. In other words, they obeyed him. It is, it, is, it is so important in your discipleship that you obey God. It is so, whether you're looking for it or whether God is telling you, maybe it is that you work with somebody and they, they tell you, man, my back hurts. That is, God is giving you opportunity. Mm -hmm. You think, yeah, but it's the lunchroom. So what? you got to obey God. There's more at stake than just simply what happens here. Many of the, I've had God tell me to do things that didn't work out. God told me to pray for Harold Warner in a wheelchair publicly in a conference. He didn't get healed. But that was for me. Because God wanted to know, will I obey him if he speaks? That's true for you. Every time you obey, God can give you more. He can trust you with more. If you uh, obey. So at the end of the day, you're going to have to step out. You've got to try. You've got you to pray for people who are sick. You've got to pray for new converts. You get filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got to pray for deliverance. Pray for people that, that have demons. You can, you know, the supernatural and word of knowledge. Witnessing is a great, great chance when you're witnessing to somebody. You can test it by questions. That's a simple way. You don't have to say, thus says the Lord. If, you have an, if you're asking God to speak to you in word of knowledge, 
when you're witnessing to people, if something comes to your mind, ask them. If you if you feel that they just had a relationship breakup, ask that. You, did you just have a relationship breakup, or you feel that somebody died in their family recently? Ask if they say no, fine, move on. But it's a way for you to test. And when you see God speaks, I say it, it will encourage you like you'll learn the voice of God. And that was God. I thought it was just a thought going through my head, but that was God. At the end of the day, you'll never have more of God than you obey. I see in ministry when guys go out and they do well, it is often I have identified beforehand supernatural dimension. <clears throat> they were praying for the sick. They were, uh, you know, in the body. Brandon Pepich prayed for anything that moved in healing. You know, I'm getting text from him here. He's having a healing meeting at Walmart. So I'm not surprised that he's getting people saved because it's all a miracle, right? Other guys, they have miracle money, miracle breakthroughs. I'm not surprised that God is helping them when they're on the field. So this is something Jesus says there must be supernatural ministry. Okay, questions? Something you want to ask? Uh, you mentioned if you have one uh, area of miracle, you can, um, you can build from that. Does that come back to... Uh, I've killed the lion, I've killed the bear, so now I know. So with that, um, I've noticed definitely miracles in certain parts of my life, but I've prayed for a few people that have not gotten healed. Um, and so with that, is there, I'm, I'm praying that that'll be transferred and, and trying to claim that, but is there levels of, well, in healing, there's not a lot of dominion, but in financial, there's a little bit more, and then there's different areas, or is it kind of, is that a lack of faith, or... Well, you know, that's a, that's a broad statement to say a lack of faith. But my point is, David was the one who connected the giant to the lion and the bear. So your job is to say, God, you help me here. Let's say that God has given you miracles and money. God, you gave me money by a miracle. That took miracle power. So therefore, I can. That's, it's in your mind you have to make the connection. God doesn't do it for you. And so, no, there, it's not meant to be that uh, I got the money thing down, but I don't have healing down. Absolutely not. You are meant to have all four of those. <clears throat> so in my life, there were times where I didn't have some of those. But I can tell you, as I pressed in, in faith and obedience and seeking God, Yes, in every one of those, I have seen miracle money, I've seen healing, I've cast out demons, and I've seen effectiveness in my words and preaching or, or witnessing. But, but I'm not special. There's, that's not because I'm a pastor. I worked some of those out before I went out and some after, but, but uh, you can do that. You can have all four. You, you're meant to be an all-rounder, and, and it's not healthy I have guys that they are, uh, they are really good in, in uh, praying for the sick, getting people healed. They're a financial disaster. Mm -hmm. That's on them. That's not God. That's not God. Like, man, I, I was so exhausted after I gave you all that miracle healing power. I just had nothing. I can't give you any money. Absolutely not. That's on them. They should be able to transfer themselves. You've got you to believe it. Like Facebook.
something else. Question, question. So I, I, I find a, a lot of times, I'm, I get very scared when God challenges me to do new things. Yep. Is, like, even though I have a lack of, like, confidence and faith in the moment and it's like a question and all that, does, does that, like, offend God where he, you, you know, like, no. where he's like, I, I don't want to use that or... No, which, which, which do you think pleases God more? Somebody who's cocky, like, yeah, I got this. Right. Or somebody's like, I'm scared to death, but I'll do it anyway because right. you said so. You know what Peter said? Nevertheless, at your word. Right. I've, I've spent my whole ministry doing things that scare me, but I'll do it anyway. That's How I feel makes no difference. There have been times when my mouth has been dry and my knees are shaking, but I'm going to obey God anyway. That, that's honoring God. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually it's actually more honoring to God than something you were confident in yourself. You know, won't stay that way. If you obey God, then you you get uh, it becomes easier. It becomes second nature. You don't spend all your life terrified, but then God will ask something else that's scary. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, gotta obey God. So what if you what if you recognize that you didn't obey God on this on some you know what I mean? But you say, you know, through not doing it and feeling instead of feeling like helpless, and you go, okay, well, I recognize that I heard something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I want to be able to use that to learn from to be able to obey. You know what I mean? The, the question is today, Trevor. So you, you can't. This is what does people in when they make mistakes. They Obsess. Mm -hmm. What if I should have? I can't. The past is done. Today. Yeah. Just learn from it. Yeah. Be able to. Yeah. Do it today. Yeah. Right there. Who's that? As you uh, pursue the will of God, does it make all the kind of mundane attitude problems and normal sin stuff easier to deal with, or is it that you need to get past all that to be effective? No, no, you don't, you don't have to. The moment you are saved, you are qualified. Okay? And so if you're, if, come on, if you're waiting until you deal with all of your, your problems, uh, let's be honest, we're going to be waiting a long time. <coughs> Fortunately, I, listen, I've, I've, I have witnessed, I have preached, I've prayed for the sick when I had a funky attitude. Uh, I didn't even really want to be there. And God moved powerfully. Anyway, and there have been other times when I have felt absolutely holy, righteous, in tune with the Spirit, and nothing happened. So, no, you qualify. That, that's you. The moment a person gets saved, if you believe God, if you'll obey God, He'll help you. You don't. You don't have to. But, but one of the things that I want for you, why I'm challenging, is that the the sheer exhilaration of God helping you. You, uh, you know, when, when Anthony did his healing crusade, uh, you know, I don't know how long was that, a month ago? Yeah, two, three weeks. Yeah, however long ago it was, is I could have tied a string to his toe and pulled him around like a balloon. And I remember that feeling. Any of you that have you seen God give you a breakthrough, I remember my first altar call. It's like, I see that hand. I want to do a happy dance. You can't believe it. So I want that for you. It, it, it's exhilarating to be 
The fact that the God of the universe would use us to do anything is incredible. It, it's exciting to be in church and there's somebody sitting next to you that you witness to. Yeah. Yeah. Church is just, I mean, it, it's totally different. It's the same service. We're kind of going to do the same thing. There's probably Brian who's going to sing songs first, then we're going to praise, we're going to take an offering, right? But it's, it's totally different. Like, I witness to this guy. Yeah. I want that for you. So it, it changes. You still got to work on your character. You still got to discipline yourself, all that. You can do that at the same time. You don't have to wait first. Sorry, there were other hands. Yeah. Hey, uh, have you ever had a season of your life where there was multiple different areas that you felt were an urgent need for supernatural help in, in just going about your day-to-day? How do you keep from getting overwhelmed by that and, and maintain like patience and, and, and focus uh, to believe God for miracles when it seems like there's multiple different things pulling on your attention and kind of not sure what's first priority. Well, you know, I don't know. I want God to help me at all. I think the simple, the simple version, it, it is, life is quite natural, isn't it? There are things come up, right? Your wife tells you, uh, we have a negative balance in the bank and the bill is due, then apparently what you need is a financial miracle. You don't say, no, I'm, I'm, working, on, I'm working on healing right now. <laughs> right? So you're, you're going through life and, and uh, your child is sick. Apparently you need healing. Yeah. So life is quite natural. Discipleship is quite natural. That's why it shouldn't be in a classroom. It's meant to be in the, in the normal things of life that you, you, you struggle with. And so that whatever, whatever you're going through tends to be the priority. You just flow with wherever you're at at the moment, asking yeah. God for help. Yeah, but but at the same time, I'm asking God for everything. Yeah. Be greedy for God. Amen. <laughs> that's okay. I, I don't, you know, that's I get people that sometimes I want to pray for them. They come up limping, you know, they, they, they got a crutch, and I ask, "What do you need?" And they got, "I got a toothache." <laughs> what about the leg? Oh, I don't want to bother God. I don't want to, you know. Be greedy, man. I want it all. Yeah. I want, I want, I want the whole package. <clears throat> I want fruitfulness, miracle money. I want to cast out demons, and I want to see people healed. Yeah. All of it. Yes. Yeah. And that's God's will. And he's got enough. He's not going to run out, believe me. Who There are times in life when life circumstances or crises um, really cause us to have that desperation just innately working in us, you know, and we're praying and contending. Um, how, is there certain ways that you can recreate that desperation um, because you do know that you want these things and you know that God wants us to want them. Is there, I know it's not, it doesn't have to be a feeling or just a mental crisis, but how can you really push in when there isn't, when you're not between a rock and a hard place? Well, the, in the first place, this is, again, why God's plan is not Bible school. Involvement in ministry will bring regular needs. Right? All you have to do is be witnessing and you'll be frustrated. Why, why is no one listening? Then that's where you need it. You're working with a new convert. They're thinking of backsliding. They're thinking of moving to Timbuktu. I, got, I need a miracle here. So life is quite... You, you get involved in ministry and it will provide or sick people will come to you or, or whatever. So it's involvement in ministry. 
But, but hunger comes and goes. Like uh, we were talking about that the other day at breakfast, that I don't know anybody who is straight as a laser and to their eternal destiny. Life is filled with course corrections. You know, I knew that, but I got to get back to it. Mm, I haven't been hungering for God. I need to get back to it. That, that's that's a normal part of life. Gotta help you, John. So how do you hunger for God? You gotta want. <laughs> if if you don't have hunger, ask for it. That's as simple as like like I teach guy with the Bible about the Bible. If you don't love God's Word, ask God to give you a love for it. If reading your Bible is a chore, ask. Yeah, that's you, you got to ask for it. So if I don't have hunger, ask for hunger in, in anything. Yeah, he'll give that. You know, Trevor? Um, interesting, because you brought it up. You said it. I haven't really thought about it, but I've recognized it witnessing and, and um, praying people. You know, when you go in and you're like, I got this, you know, you got the spirit with you, you feel great, and then you just, but then when you're not paying attention and you're, and you're kind of, you're doing it anyways. You know, and then something happens and it catches you off guard. You're like, okay, well, should I pay more attention now? Is this what I need to be involved? Is this what I need to have more of a, of a faith in it? You know what I mean? It's kind of like, is God trying to show us, you know, that it's not about how we feel, but about our obedience in situations? Yeah, because that's can be. Because then I'm going to overthink it, but. Greg, no. Are you an overthinker? Yes. Do what God tells you to do. Yeah. Don't, don't analyze so much. Just do. That sounds like Yoda. Don't think. Do. Oh, dear. Somebody else. Um, are fruitfulness and miracles of healing often connected? Yes. Um, and then, I guess along that line, um, if you're struggling with like for instance with me I, I often struggle with the dimension of fruitfulness yeah but um, healing is I, I feel like I have a lot of faith in that and I've seen a lot of miracles in that um, and it's almost like easier so I, I tend to lean on that more than like okay I know I know God can save and I know God can use yeah. my life to be fruitful but how do you and I know it comes back to probably like what Jay was talking about making that connection how do you, I guess, speed up that connection and just saying, okay, God, you did it here in healing. You can make it fruitful. Yeah, so it, it is making a connection. So it doesn't make sense that God can help you with healing and not help you with fruitfulness. So that's, that's illogical. It's a miracle. Somebody's body to be completely healed is a miracle. So it'd be a lot, if he can do that, why can't he? That's your connection. But at the end of the day, it's, it, you have to be ruthless about finding what it is you need in God's word. I want that, and I'm not going to settle for anything else. And, uh, so yeah. you, Mo, uh, Joshua wouldn't leave God's presence because he wanted, I've got to have God's presence. So that's what you have to have. Fruitful, you, you'll have in life what you can live with. You know, my, my wife is the one at the end of the chain when the, when the monthly reports come she's the one who files them and every once in a while she'll bring a report to me and she'll say Greg this guy's been here for 10 years and look at his numbers besides his family that means he would only have two people how can he live with this how can you stand it 
That's 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 the bottom line. Is apparently, some guys can. Mm -hmm. I can't make you not stand. <clears throat> that's on you. So fruitfulness is something you know. What did Hannah say? You got to give me a baby. Or I'm gonna die. Mm -hmm. This is killing me. That, that's on you. You gotta lay hold of, come back to God's word. When I was struggling with fruitfulness, I went back to God's word. This is what we must have. This is God's word, and I can't settle for anything less. And that's it, it's as simple as that. I challenge you guys: is are you hoping, or is it based on God's word? And that that's number one. I got guys. I, I want to be fruitful. Tell me three scriptures why you should be. Uh, and that's why you're, you're struggling faith is only based on God's word faith isn't based on my opinion I can stir you hopefully so that you go to God's word but my stirring my exciting stories are not enough to give you faith they put you on the path so you can have faith so there's a level of responsibility, right, in, in seeking the supernatural. You know, like you're saying, you know, go to the Word of God, like hunger for it. But like I found, like with the healing crusade, I, like I really felt, and I don't know, maybe this is wrong. This is where my question kind of lies: Is it wrong to have the attitude of like, I really didn't feel pressure to heal anyone because I can't. Is it wrong to be like God? You do have to do all this. I don't feel the pressure to be like I'm gonna do something. But I want it really bad. I really want you to use me. Yeah. Is there is that yeah. the right focus? Yeah, that, that's the point. Is that you? Because it, we can't do anything. Jesus said, "Without me, you can do nothing." Yeah. So when you recognize that, it's kind of it's kind of freeing. You know, I don't have to heal. I couldn't heal them in the first place. But I can't save people in the first place. It's not on me. God's got to have to do it. But uh, all right. So let's let's take. Uh, what we were talking about, about these, these four elements. So, um, so Anthony, you, you, you did your healing crusade and you prayed. Um, uh, my brain is tired here. You prayed for the young man in the back. What's your name again? Oh, yeah, Micah, that's right. So you prayed for Micah. Micah, what did he pray for you for? Flat feet, you had no arches. And after he prayed for you, what about now? I have arches. You have arches now. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Cass, evangelist Anthony Cass. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what about the scoliosis? It's gone. It's, it's gone. Okay. So the spine is straight and is there any pain? Uh, I don't know if the spine was like uh, misaligned or anything, but there's no pain. There's no pain now. Okay. So a, a, a miracle of, of healing. Secondly, then. Anthony, you told me then about God doing a miracle, miracle provision to pay off your debt. Is that right? Okay. Then the third thing, then in, in like fruitfulness, your wife, because she's part of the package here, your wife talks to Cassandra and she gets saved. Okay, so this is, this is my point. I'm not surprised that Cassandra responded to your wife, that you're having favor with Tim and etc etc that doesn't surprise me because this is what I'm trying to say that's what Jesus said cast out demons heal the sick get miracle provision and preach the Lord going with them healing everywhere that's what I'm trying to say to you there is a connection 
if you can get it in one area, contend for another area, I would not be surprised if you get God's favor in all four areas. That's the way it should work. And you, in any area that is lacking currently, so level one, some of you, you have none of that at work. Right? You're not getting anybody saved. No one's getting healed. You can't cast out a demon. And you're struggling financially. You better get a miracle dimension. Or ministry is going to kick your butt. Somewhere. Others of you, you have, like our guys are saying, I got it for healing or I got it for money, but not other areas. Make the connection. Contend. Find in God's word. And then see God at work. Because he can give you the whole package. Absolutely. And, and, and again, it's, it's exhilarating to... Living life that way is a lot more fun than just, i got to come to church and stay saved and kind of do the right thing. It, it's exhilarating to see somebody heal. I was, I was uh, in McMinnville, and uh, I preached the same sermon I preached Wednesday night here and, and preached it. And I, I am telling you, it was absolutely like a healing crusade. There's a, a guy from the church in Seattle that, uh, you know, I prayed for oppression. Then I went through numbers of things. Anybody here with a shoulder injury? A lot of people, I prayed for this guy. And so uh, he had had, uh, what did he have? Torn rotator cuff, had surgery, it failed. Couldn't lift his arm. So I pray, he gets healed. And then he goes, and the other shoulder also was damaged. I forgot so he li he's lifting both arms. So I, I took a picture of him. I said, would you write out the testimony? He comes at night and he says, I, I forgot. I was thinking about my shoulders. He said, I had a torn ACL for 11 months. That was been painful. And a torn <coughs> hamstring for three months. I wasn't even praying for those. I got to the hotel. They were healed. It is exhilarating. I'm going to tell you, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, one after the other. You can have that. Amen. In everything, the supernatural, that's, you need to step out. You need to try. Because it, I wake up in the morning wondering, what's God going to do today? Yeah. That's how you want to live. Exciting. You don't want it to be just another day. You want to see God at work yeah. in your life. Very good. Any other questions? Yep. You kind of mentioned uh, Natalie praying with Cassandra and also having like fruitfulness. Um, is there any connection between um, you having the supernatural and then that kind of transferring to your wife, or is that also personal to your wife? I, I, in general, a um, a wife. Yeah, there's a you know blessing flows from the head down. The Bible says that a husband is the head of the home. So in general, yes. Now that doesn't mean. I mean, you could have a wife who absolutely refuses, I suppose, but but in general, you you, you have uh, you have some that are you know I know some wives they believe much more they help pull their husband along that's a good thing uh, that would be helpful I see guys that they have it their wife is more nervous in in life so you're encouraging her um, but normally what you do your wife will flow with and there is a uh, there is a, a tangible blessing in, in in this, just coincidentally, because you mentioned it, my wife, uh, I can't remember what, what Natalie came up and was, was talking to Lisa, and she remarked to me how different Natalie is. So I'm not surprised because Anthony's different. Yeah. Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. So it, it, there's 
a blessing comes on the home. Who knows? Maybe the kids are different. Who knows? Uh, Who's the cat? See, <laughs> 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 Anthony, the Bible says cast out demons. So yeah, that's that's normally what happens. Is is you get there'll be a dimension that will flow. You're a, you're a package deal. That's why you got to work on your marriage. You got to value your marriage because it's a package. If it's I'm the holy man of God. Oh yeah, I got a wife. You're gonna be in trouble. But but normally it flows. Yeah. Good. Very good questions. All right.